Welcome to the first broadcast of Life Through the Phil Filter, hosted by me, Phil. My goal in this broadcast is to bring up dichotomy, strange juxtapositions from our community, society, or country as a whole. I want to intrigue, amuse, or even enlighten my audience in a beneficial way. This week I want to talk about a concept that is close to my heart, education, specifically education reform. I present to you Life Through the Phil Filter, the educational reform series, a look at a teacher's perspective from the trenches of the classroom. I'm going to divide this up into several parts. Um, I don't know exactly how many there will be, but definitely part one is the myths of teaching. Um, talk about all the myths that people think. They think they understand what teachers go through, and they think that uh, teachers just have it so easy, and that's why uh, teacher uh, the cliche of teacher pay is is always foremost in most people's minds. Ah, teachers don't need to be paid a lot more. Heck, they got they get all that free time. That's not true. But that's a myth that I'm going to talk to you about. So uh, the myth of teaching, and this is the one that I want to talk about, is teacher pay uh, versus teacher free time. It has been my experience that when teachers start becoming more agitated about pay, their spots of most, not in the ed biz, is teachers have a lots of free time. After all, students, when they go to school, you know, you know, as long as students are in class, then the teacher's obviously working. But when the teacher is not in class, or excuse me, uh, students are not in class, teachers obviously are not doing anything. They're just sitting around, twiddling their thumbs, smoking their cigarettes, drinking coffee, or whatever. They don't, they don't think that the teacher's got anything to do besides that. So let's talk about paper. Let's talk about numbers. A lot of people like numbers. So let's talk about numbers. Now, what I did was I went to uh, Google and I just kind of typed in, um, you know, Mississippi or Georgia or South Carolina state uh, teacher, average teacher pay. And they were like in the 59 to 60 thousands. And I was like, that can't possibly be right. So I decided to visit actual Department of Education websites. And those, those definitely told a different story because when I rolled all the way down, when I scrolled all the way down to the highest possible achievement for a teacher, there was nowhere near 50 something thousand dollars a year. So I chose a number arbitrarily, 12 years experience, it's less experience than I have. And I determined uh, a much better average for a 12 year teacher in the same conditions I have, which is a bachelor's degree in chemistry education or just a bachelor's degree and um, no extra bells and whistles. So I came up with 44750 Now what I did is I went to the websites and I found 12 years and then I just wrote the number down. Um, I went to Louisiana, Mississippi, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, and Arkansas. I chose those because the Southeast, I've worked in uh, Mississippi, I've worked in Georgia, i worked in South Carolina, i worked in North Carolina excuse me, have not worked in Georgia, uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, uh, working on getting my license in Georgia now. But um, I went to look at it and I said, you know, $45,000 a year is average for a 12 year, not, not first year, ladies and gentlemen, 12 year average, just a bachelor's degree. You went to school, you didn't have enough money to go to get your master's degree, you had nobody, you had no benefactors, and you pop, you pop out, you go and hop into the classroom, 12 years experience. Uh, 
45,000. Now, answer me this. If your personal um, employment job, if you put in 12 years and you only had $45,000 in the job, with, a ma with not a master's degree, obviously, with just a bachelor's degree, do you think that's fair? Do you? Well, let's decide. Well, I went ahead and I just said, well, I couldn't do, I couldn't isolate the, um, the southeast when I looked up the average governmental uh, official um, pay. So I had to do the whole United States. So, uh, so we do have a little bit of skew of information here, but that's okay. It gives it. It's, it's, it's true. Well, if you were to go and type in in Google, and you were to write. Uh, average governmental position pay, you would see that it would they'd say, well, it ranges from 64000 to 71650 64000 on the low end, ladies and gentlemen. I didn't even put a year on that. I didn't say that's 12 years experience, 15 years experience. So no, I didn't do that. But it says somewhere between 64 being the low and 71650 being the high. And I'm sure there's some people slightly higher than that. Some people slightly lower than that. So I decided to take those two numbers and divide it, divide them by out, round to the nearest thousand. And so basically I got two numbers. A normal governmental official, $68,000. We're not talking about a politician here. Okay. And we have the, uh, went ahead and rounded up the 44,750. I rounded up to 45,000. So we're looking at 68,000 versus 48, uh, $45,000. Right. And that's a, that's a $23,000 difference between a normal government official, uh, official and a teacher. Hmm. So, well, that's justifiable, right? Because, you know, teachers get all that time off. So, naturally, they're going to be, they're going to be making $23,000 less. Hmm. That's interesting. So, let's move, let's move on. There's a point. <laughs> let's move on and talk about, uh, teachers, um, you know, a teacher year. Now, I didn't go to every single um, school in the country. I'm just only going to use my experiences now. Just to give you kind of a background, I'm a 15-year uh, veteran teacher, and I've worked in the private schools. I've worked in the public schools. I've worked in three different states, working on trying to get my license here in Georgia, and I have noticed some very, very very some uh, similarity things throughout throughout the uh, throughout the experience. So, so this is just based on a very uh, limited view of uh, I would say, but a, a, from one person I guess, and then but also a broad view in the sense that I have done it in several different states. I say several, three. But anyway, back to my thing. So let's talk about summer vacation. We're going to start with summer vacation. We're going to go right through the year, school year, and we're going to compare all this free time that teachers have. And if you are a teacher, you can you think to yourself, think, yep, yep, you're right. Or you can say, oh, I've never had that happen. And if you are, then I'd suggest you stay in your current student, uh, sorry, current situation and hope that your students are awesome for the rest of the time, tenure you're at school and everything's great. But this is my experience, okay? This is my experience. So moving on, <clears throat> we have summer vacation. So summer vacations, well, my daughter, 
just got out of elementary school. Uh, they got out last week, last Thursday, uh, literally a week ago. So that is two weeks into June. Okay. School start uh, for students. Now, remember now, we're using the myth that teachers don't do anything unless students are there, right? They just don't do anything. They have nothing to do. You know, they don't do anything. They just sit around. Right. <laughs> but anyway, so two weeks into June, in this particular case, and I'm using this as a North Carolina school, and then my, uh, and then my uh, school starts usually in the third week of August. So you have uh, third week of August, which means you have two weeks in August that you're still working. So basically you have two weeks in June, four weeks in uh, July, and two weeks in August. This is for the students, okay? However, if you're a teacher, that's not the case because <laughs> teachers have to stay at least and this has been my experience, at least a week longer, sometimes two weeks longer. I have done both. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, pull back, and I'm just going to say one week, because that would happen more often. So we have to work an additional week. So those, those eight weeks that we supposedly have off, so to speak, we have, we actually are only off six, because we have to go a week earlier, and we have to stay a week later. So we really only get six weeks. And let's go ahead and talk about uh, that real quick. Most contract jobs, especially anything that's you know governmental or even private, they give you, on a contract job, two weeks of paid vacation. Everybody gets two weeks of paid vacation. That's just kind of standard. You get paid 50 weeks out of the year, two weeks of vacation. You can either take it all together at once or you can take it scattered through the uh, through the year as long as you tell people what's going on. So I'm going to go ahead and subtract that six weeks of free time. I want to go ahead and subtract the two weeks that everybody gets. So now we have four weeks of free time. Now, if you think about this, this four weeks of free time, let's think about this. Let's um, go back to how much, what's the average pay for a government official? Well, the average pay for a government official was 68000 I do believe. Yes. And so that is thirteen. That is thirteen sixty per week, and we're looking at four weeks at thirteen sixty. So you can go ahead and calculate that. But does that justify a twenty-three? Was that twenty? Does that equal twenty-three thousand dollars? No, it doesn't. I mean, I can calculate it right now, but I think we need to move on. But anyway, we have four weeks. We have four weeks of vacation, or four weeks of free time. Now, we're assuming that the teachers don't have to go to a week-long uh, week professional development or try to squeeze in their uh, personal uh, you know, goals of getting the national board's certification. We're assuming the teacher's not doing that. Uh, they're having the same experience as I am. So four weeks. Uh, last year, I did. Uh, I went to uh, National Math and Science Initiative for a week. <clears throat> so I, I didn't have four weeks; I only had three. But um, they paid for everything except for gas. And when you try to get, get uh, well, they say they reimburse you, but when you try to reimburse, they they knock off twenty or thirty bucks, thinking that you're an idiot. But anyway, moving on. Um, four weeks. So we're now at the start of school. Well, the first break usually is Labor Day. 
Labor Day is the first break. Now, there are so many places out there that get off on Labor Day. So that Monday, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna count that toward the free time teachers get because everybody gets that. And, you know, unless you're working like at Walmart, a gas station, a mechanic or or a fast food place, um, or grocery store or something like that, you're probably gonna be off on Labor Day. And we're we're talking about career. We're not talking about jobs, we're talking about careers. And we get Labor Day. So you're 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 probably not I'm not gonna add a day for that. So you move on, and now, now, now we're in October, because that was in September. Now we're in October, and in several places I have worked um, in those states, some some schools uh, gave you a three or four day weekend, kind of in the middle of October, right after the first uh, the first nine weeks, or right before the first quarter, or whatever, and they give you those days off. Well, I'm going to tell you right now that. The kids get them off, the students get them off, but teachers don't usually get them off. They're considered they're considered teacher work days. And now let me tell you a little bit about teacher work day, and at least the last couple of places that I've worked. You can take a teacher work day off. Absolutely. They don't have a problem with that. Um, however, you have to have days or comp time. So for example, when I sign my contract, you, I'm given three personal days. And then, of course, I have so much sick, I have like three sick days, and I have like five bereavement days. But basically, and they are paid, these are paid days, assuming you don't need a need a, a substitute, because now they take the substitute pay out of your pay. So, yeah, you can get paid for not showing up at school, but if there is a substitute, they're going to take half your paycheck. So you're really still getting less money. You don't really get a free day. The only time you can get free days from is if you use these t optional or mandatory teacher work days. So you have what is called teacher work day. Usually you have to go in. And granted, you go in and it's a great it's a great opportunity to get caught up. Uh, you can update your website, you can um, grade your papers, you can get your grades in, you can, uh, you can in my case, you could uh, start looking for labs and starting to program your labs for the next couple of weeks. So, you know, it's, it's a good work day, but it, just because the kids are not there, the students are not there, doesn't mean the teachers aren't working. Yes, yeah, some teachers have banked up enough days over over their many years to say, you know what, I'm not going to go, I'm not, I'm going to take those days off. But again, it comes off from a pool that they earned. And in the last, the last job I had was those, that day was uh, earned every three months, pro uh, provided that you did not miss a day during those three months. So you have to work August, September, October to get one day, and you have to make it all the way to the 31st of October to make one day. However, if you have a flat tire, your child gets sick, uh, you get sick, um, you have a fender bender or whatever, your three months uh, don't reset, it just, you lose a month. Yeah, you, so you have to have perfect attendance and not use any personal days, and you get another day. Interesting how they, how that works out. But anyway, so you have to earn days. So usually most people don't, um, if, they're, if they've been using their days up every year, they don't usually um, have a day during, at, during October to take. Now, they can take pay without leave. Um, sorry, leave without pay. <laughs> but anyway, they can do that. Um, but that's usually non-conducive, and that's less money for, for everybody, uh, for the teacher. 
So now, that's sometimes they do that. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. Uh, it has been my experience that it's about 50-50 um, in the different school districts I've worked. So because it's, an op- it's, it's a mandatory slash optional workday that you have to use comp time for, it's not really a day off. You lose money or you lose comp time. Either way, I mean, you're, earn- you're earning that comp time up. So I mean, it's you're 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 working for that time. So I, I can't I can't see how that classifies as teacher free time. So the next major holiday, obviously, is Thanksgiving. And Thanksgiving, uh, I've worked at both. Uh, I've worked at both uh, both schools or both situations that they get the entire week. They get Monday through Friday, and I've I've done that a couple of times, and mostly in the private schools. And then, but but most traditionally, it's it's Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and that's Black Friday. And um, that's standard. Lots of people get Thanksgiving off, so we're going to go ahead and kill Thanksgiving. And I'm going to say that in the la- uh, in North Carolina, but not uh, not South Carolina, but in North Carolina, uh, that Wednesday is an optional mandatory teacher work day. In other words, you have to use comp time for that Wednesday. Otherwise, everybody does. Everybody does it. No one. I mean, even it's on the it's on the calendar. It's just a way to eat one of your days. It's just a way to eat one of your days. But it's technically a teacher work day. You could go into into in, into the school and work for eight hours. You're expected to work for eight hours uh, if you do go in, and you would not lose any comp time. But a lot of people save their comp time for Wednesday. They know that Wednesday is going to be uh, is going to be the day they're going to miss. So the only one that's actually free, 100%, that nobody else gets, and it doesn't come off any kind of comp time, is Black Friday. So that gives us four weeks, one day. Yes, I agree 100% that Friday, most people do not get for Black Friday off. They try to get off early, or they try to do their shopping on their lunch break. Uh, or they get up really early and then go in late, but and the fact is the teachers get it off completely. So we're now up to four weeks in the summer. That's that's minus the two weeks of paid vacation that we that everybody gets on contracts, uh, classic contracts, and then one day. So that brings us to Christmas vacation. Aha! Uh-huh. That's where that's where all this free time's going to pop up because honestly, your two weeks of um, your two weeks of 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 Christmas vacation, it's free. There's no comp time. I think I think um, when we uh, I think one time up in North Carolina that the Monday like the first Monday was considered a comp time day. I think that was one time just the way it because the way the calendar was and the way everything fell. I think one of those days was comp time days. But again, no nobody showed up, but they ate one of your comp days. So anyway, so those are two weeks. And I have to give those give those to the people thinking that we are free time. Yeah, that's six weeks and one day of free time. Now, real quick, the six weeks constitute a twenty-three thousand dollar deduction from normal governmental work versus teachers. I don't think so. I think it's getting close. I think it's up to like eighteen. Uh it's not that much. Uh six thousand plus another eighteen. It's like twenty eight hundred so far. Or thirty eight hundred. I I don't want to calculate it because I don't have time. But anyway, uh, it is less than um, twenty three thousand. 
That kind of brings us to January, which is Martin Luther King Day. And once again, that is 100% a teacher work day. Students get off and it is an optional mandatory teacher work day. So Martin Luther King Day, you're not going to, um, we can't, it's going to take off your comp time. Uh, so it's not a free day. Uh, let's see. Uh, and that brings us down to Good Friday and Spring Break. All right, Spring Break's another week. Uh, I have worked with, uh, again in North Carolina where Monday and Tuesday of Spring Break were optional, optional slash mandatory work days. Nobody worked. They just took it off your time. But every other place... No, no professional development, no required working. So we're going to add another week. So now we're at seven weeks, one day. Okay. We're getting kind of close to that. Um, let's see, 7,000 plus 20,000. So we're up to, we're up to almost 10 grand um, deduct, uh, deduction of mi missing off the 60,000. But again, you know, 68,000. Uh, 68, Minus ten grand is fifty-eight thousand. I would love to make fifty-eight thousand dollars as a teacher. You know, that's still ten thousand dollars. It's actually more than that because I never even made the average. The average was forty-five at twelve years, and I never made the average. I've always made just under the average. I was on the low end of that average. All right. Anyway, we have spring break. Now, sometimes Good Friday happens in spring break. So, in other words, you go Monday. You're out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Good Friday falls inside inside of spring break and then some places if good Friday hits before spring break uh we get an extra day but that's that's hit or miss it depends upon when the first full moon is and when easter uh lands so that's that i'm, I'm it's not worth sitting there going one year one year you'll have good friday plus spring break and next year you'll just have spring break with good friday inside so on average it's it's a it's a crapshoot so Moving on, after spring break, uh, there's a couple other three-day weekends in there, but they're all mandatory teacher work days. And then finally, you get back to summer vacation, where we already talked about it. So throughout the year, for a whole 12 months of the year, a teacher seemingly gets seven weeks, one day of free time. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, teachers generally have have to be uh, students have to be in class 180 days which roughly translates into uh, one two three four four sets of nine weeks apiece and with one being an extra week in there thrown in there just because they need to get up to 180 so basically students have to be in class at school in session for 36 weeks well teachers have to be in have to be a hundred uh, have to be available for 190 days in contract. However, it's generally 40 weeks. So we have what teachers must be in the classroom available to teach, instruct for 40 weeks. All right. All right. Now, if you were to go back and read some of your some of the contracts that you sign, which are fill in the blank contracts, and it's really not a contract, it's a contract of adhesion. In other words, uh, someone else someone else uh, writes it, and you just agree with it. Um, there's no negotiation. There's nothing. Sometimes, like in North Carolina, uh, a couple of times, <clears throat> you didn't even got. They don't even tell you how much they're going to pay you. 
that just says, we're going to pay you according to the pay scale presented in the blah, 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 blah there. They don't even tell you what it is. And technically, you are going to work and we will pay you. It's basically all it says. It's one page. It's not, there's no negotiation. There's no really any compensation other than, uh, other than we promise to pay you. And hey, here, have the worst insurance money can buy. Well, that's another situation. So it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty lousy. Um, but you have seven weeks, one day. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, think about this. Do you work overtime? Hmm? I mean, yeah, we, we work overtime. Yeah, a couple of weeks out of the year. You know, sometimes we get behind on, you know, on our widgets and we don't know. Uh, we need to throw in a couple extra hours. We have to downsize, so a couple people have to pick up the slack, blah, 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 blah. I've got, you get two or three weeks of, uh, you get maybe, what, one week, two weeks, three weeks of, of overtime. And you get, and guess what? You get what's called time and a half. That means you're going to get your pay, your normal pay, plus half again it's more. So if you make a thousand dollars a week and you put in you put in uh, overtime, uh, an extra twenty hours overtime because this is a forty hour work week, um, you're going to get fifteen hundred dollars before taxes, which basically roughly translate you're going to get an extra two hundred bucks. But the point is the point is is that you get paid for your overtime. Now think about this: teachers don't get extra pay for overtime. If we put in 15 hours in a day, which I'm not saying we do, I'm just giving you as an example. If you put in 15 hours in a day, we don't get paid time and a half for that other nine for the other um, six hours that we work. We don't. We don't get paid for it, but we get all this extra time, so to speak. So, so we don't get any type of overtime. All right, so. I know the other teachers out there, especially the math, the math, the English, and the sciences, and probably the history too. I don't know a whole bunch about them. I have a bunch of friends who are history teachers, but I'm not 100% sure on how fast or how often or how difficult it is to to read and and do stuff. I do know English has to scrutinize, math has to scrutinize, and I definitely know chemistry has to scrutinize their uh, uh, their students' work. So they have to grade papers. Now, grading papers is all part of it, right? Now, <laughs> I won't I won't go into the teacher planning periods and stuff like that that are in that are in school right now, but um, and and how horrible they they were planned and and how much they how much the administration takes advantage of a teacher during those times. But um, I'm going to say that as a chemistry teacher in math and physics, I would grade about four hours a week at home. That means, I, yes, I did, I did grade some at school during the planning periods that I were, was allowed to plan. And I still had to come home and bring, bring my stuff home. And about, about two or three times a week, I would have to grade papers, usually a couple hours. So by, the, by about Christmas, um, I'm, I was basically putting an extra four hours a week four hours a week. So if you think about it, if I'm doing an extra four hours a week uh, and I'm going, I'm in 40 hours, or excuse me, 40, um, 40 weeks, that means I'm doing an extra 160 hours, give or take. You know, some weeks I probably won't have as much to grade, but there'll be more planning during involved. But anyway, 
So if you look at this as grading papers, if you're not if if you're one of those lucky teachers who can grade your stuff by you know using using some sort of technology and it doesn't it is only matters that you uh, that you get the right answer in the multiple choice questions and you use you know Mastery Connect or you use the uh, the grading thing from your phone or whatever and all you gotta do is sit there and go snap 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 and you do 150 grades in, in like 30 minutes then that's that's good and and, and maybe that's where I should <laughs> maybe that's where I should have uh, put, put my focus but in chemistry you can't do that and I know math you can't do that you know you have to say oh why did they get this wrong oh they missed a sign in chemistry, why did they get this wrong? Huh? There's factor labeling method. They didn't. Uh, they forgot to balance. Uh, you know, they forgot to. They used a factor label, but they their fractions upside down, or they they didn't balance their. Oh, they messed up. They got everything right, but because they but they did not put their put their uh, compounds together correctly, so they can balance the equation. You know, you got to find out where they are, and then you have to, you know, either make a plan. Or you have to sit down and you just correct them and you write them a little notes. Well, you've got 150 or 130, in my case, students all taking chemistry, all making similar mistakes. Well, if they're all making the same mistake, <laughs> then you go back and reteach. But if you have 10 or 15 out of all of those that are still making the same mistake, you just don't want to have to take a whole day of school, uh, a whole school period. You just go ahead and tell them what's wrong. Well, do they look at it? No. They just ball it up and throw it in the garbage. You know, but you tried, and that's the important thing. Anyway, sit four hours, four hours uh, a week is roughly it's 160 hours a week, which translates to four weeks of work if you have a 40-hour work week, right? So if I do one extra hour a week, that's an extra 40 hours if I have to be, you know, on campus for 40 weeks, or I'm, I'm only only contracted. For 40 hours it's actually 38 hours ladies and gentlemen you're contracted for only 38 hours a week but i'm just making the math easy so if i work an extra hour per week that's going to give me an extra 40 uh extra 40 hours and that's one extra that's one extra week of work i don't get time and a half for this i don't get paid that they don't you know, because they don't know if i there's no way to honestly there's no way to track it unless you were sitting at your desk and they got a camera on there and they're watching you do it and they're watching you and there's you know that gets to a point where it gets into you know privacy and whatnot and that's a whole other ball of wax but anyway the four weeks of just grading papers extra four weeks so I'm going to take that off the seven weeks and now I'm down to four weeks in one day alright well that's how much I do grading. Now, planning. Now, a lot of places, I've worked in places where, you know, just do what you think is right. I don't care about lesson plans. You just make sure you, you educate these kids. I've worked in like two places that was like that, and that was heaven. Because I could, if I needed to spend an extra two or three weeks on stoichiometry, I could. I didn't have to worry about trying to keep up with the Joneses. I didn't have to worry about anything. I, I focused exactly on what the students need. And if we had a need, like I said, if you need some extra time, we could. And not, not okay, you got two weeks. If the kids don't get it, you got to move, got to move. Oh, and if the kids don't get it, you get blamed for it. And you think, look, I need another hour. I need another week or two on this. This is a tough concept. Oh, well, you know, you can't do it, you know, well. You must be a horrible teacher then, you know, or something like that. And that's where it always translates. That's another myth that I want to talk about. But at any rate, 
There's planning. Planning periods, ladies and gentlemen. Planning. This is it is a involved concept. So here I am. Here, here it is. A lot of people who get a job, they go up, they wake up in the morning, maybe they have time to go to the gym, maybe they don't, but they get up, they 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 saunter into the into the morning, they get they they get their coffee, they get the complimentary coffee. Which we had complimentary coffee. I don't drink coffee, but we had complimentary coffee, coffee. And then they sit and they and they and they jaw. They talk and they they talk about you know you know complain about work or they complain about the wife or they complain about the kid or whatever. And they sit there and they talk about how awesome or what the boat they got or or whatever. And then they eventually make it to their to their their, their desk. They sit down and they work their butts off. Don't get me wrong. I didn't say they don't work their butts. They get to their desk. They work their butts off for four hours. They look up. They take an hour break. The lunch. You come back, work your butt off again, and you're done at five. And then as soon as you punch out, bloop, you hit get in your car, you crank up, and you go, and you're done. You, no one calls you up. You don't have to make any type of phone calls. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to do any paperwork when you get home. Because if you get do have to do paperwork, you can log it in this overtime. And you get home, and you sit down, and you sit down, and you kick your you get home by five thirty. You kick your shoes off. You take your sixty five thousand dollars a year pay, pay, and you just sit there, and you uh, and you and you eat, and I mean you 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 have you have a wife, and you have two point five children, and which is weird, and you um and you and you have a nice house, and you and you pretty much have tenure, and you have job security and everything. A teacher doesn't do that. <laughs> a teacher. Provided that they have some a few planning periods, and I know, and I know a lot of teachers are probably sitting there nodding, going, "Yep, those planning periods are really not planning periods. They are. This is a time of day where uh, a parent can come and have a have have a conversation with a parent, and this is a time of day where we can have IEP meetings. This is a time of day where we can have BIP meetings. Excuse me, BIP, uh, uh, BIP, BIP, yeah, BIP um, uh, meetings." This is this is a place where a teacher can get together with his colleagues and 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 can, uh, and and see where uh, their students are lacking where, and and pick up other tricks into the trade and and so you end up having like six or seven meetings a week, which is an issue. When you should be grading papers and planning, you're in meetings, and ninety percent of the time, a teacher doesn't have any say so in the meeting. Other than with the parent, a meeting with the parent that's different. But uh, but if you're an IEP meeting, you just sit there and nod and go, yep, 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 yep. And those who don't know what an IEP is, is an, is an instructional education plan, usually designed to help students um, be able to function in the non-restrictive environment. Kind of falls under that concept of non-restrictive environment. So if a student never learned his multiplication tables in math, then they should be they should have some sort of crutch that allows them to complete the work. Instead of just memorizing their their uh, their multiplication tables, you follow me? Uh, it's that's probably a little more um, you know a little more devastating, I guess would be the word, uh, giving you an idea. Or a, a BIP, which is a behavior intervention plan, and instead of just um, punishing the student because he doesn't know how to manage his anger or her anger. And they cuss the teacher out constantly. Instead, they say eighty percent of the time. Oh, seriously, guys, it says it right there. Eighty percent of the time, you are doing what you're supposed to do. You only got mad only twenty percent of the time. You did good. And of course, it's the same teacher they get they get mad at because it's the one teacher that's challenging them. <laughs> and they don't think about that. They just look at well, you know, you go, you have, you have 
X amount number of uh, classes and you're really good until the end of the day. Why? Why? Are you just tired? Yeah, I'm tired. No, it's because it's chemistry or it's algebra or it's, uh, or it's a subject they don't like and they're going to get mad because uh, they don't want to be called on. They don't want to pay attention. Anyway, the point is, is that the behavior intervention plan says it's okay for you to get mad. And uh, because you have a behavior intervention plan, just to give you an idea, in North Carolina, and I think also in South Carolina, um, you can only suspend, if he has a BIP, you only can suspend a child, a student, for 10 days if they have a BIP. After that, you have to do other interventions, which would be he can go into his safe space, which is usually he's supposed to go to one of three locations, and when reality does, he just rolls and runs around the uh, the halls. So, at any rate, just giving you an example. That's a myth. I kind of digressed. I apologize. So we were back to four weeks, uh, one day, and and these are and, and assuming that we were supposed to have planning periods, we don't, and we have to plan. And now let me tell you what planning is. Planning is not grabbing a book. And going, oh, chapter three, yep, yep, got that. Oh, let me practice that problem. Okay, all right, done. And they throw the book down and they, I know what I'm doing. It's not that because that's how it was done old school. That's how it was done, you know, when I first, uh, maybe the first thing uh, was one of the first year things that I did. I happened to work at a, at a, at a, at a place that didn't care about lesson plans. And that's what I did. And I had a very good, I mean, I was able to spend time when it became very difficult for the students. However, <clears throat> they don't want to do that anymore. They want elaborate lesson plans, and that requires some sort of schematic or some sort of uh, uh, media that requires that you have your lesson plans planned out. And so I plan mine out by the week, and it takes me about an hour just to plan. Now, just to put it, not, to, not just to plan, I'm sorry, I misspoke. It took me an hour to put it into the format that made it look nice and professional and teacher-like. However, it took me another two hours a week. And if you're a teacher who doesn't do two hours a week of planning in addition, then you're in heaven. And once again, I kudos to you. Um, but I, I never had, I never taught the same, uh, really taught the same subjects. The same year after year, because I can teach all sciences. One year I teach biology and earth science. The next year I teach chemistry and physical science. The next year I would teach earth science and physics. I don't know what I'm teaching, and so, and I don't find that out to the last minute, usually. And they say, and, and usually they change it on me. Yeah, you'll be teaching honors chem and 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 and, and AP physics. All right. Honors can maybe fix it. I'm ready. And then, oh, we changed that. We're taking the art. We're going to give you biology, and we're going to. Get, and they just change their mind. And you don't know because. But the thing is, is that you, you being accredited in all the sciences, you can be moved around. But if you are one of those people who have fought and gotten to the position that you can now don't have to plan for, uh, for three hours a week, that's up to y'all. So three hours a week, once again, is three more weeks. Remember, one hour. A week is for 40 weeks is an extra week so that's three weeks so now we're up to, we're now we're down to one week one day now remember we don't get overtime for this there's no way to police it there's no way to log it in there's no way to do anything and if you did log it in you'd be on your honor system but everybody knows that everybody is going to lie they're gonna say eh, I spent 
I actually only spent 30 minutes on my planning this week, but I put in two hours. And of course, they're going to say, nope, can't do that. So, because no one, there's no way to police it. There's no way, there's no way to make sure that that's what happens. So we move on uh, with three weeks because of planning gained. We have one week, one day left. Now, this is not the only thing that teachers do, mind you. They have, if they are part of committees, they have to committee meet. They have committee meetings. They don't get paid anything more for at least I don't think so, because uh, I've never been on. Well, I've been on one committee and we didn't get paid, and we didn't get paid anymore. We didn't get any kind of special concessions. We didn't get like a free lunch or anything uh, at the one committee that I, I was a member of, um, and it was supposedly because you got to have all these committees because for some reason that you know they 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 think they've you know they create. I jump ahead. They create committees for teachers, so teachers can serve on these committees so that they can voice their opinions, which then are ignored. <laughs> hmm, which is strange, which is strange. Again, that's another one of those dichotomies that, that I mentioned so much. So, at any rate, we're down to one week, one day, and we're not getting overtime, remember. When we come home and we put in an extra four or five hours a week, we're not getting time and a half. But we're getting the we're basically gaining, and you can think of it as comp time. And just by simply a very modest four hours a week of grading papers, roughly, and writing tests and writing worksheets, and the actual planning, maybe two hours, maybe two to three hours a week in actual planning, like all right, today we need to talk about the scientists that contribute to the atomic theory. We need to, you know, we need to do this. I need a PowerPoint gotta write a PowerPoint because Lord you can't write this information on the board because apparently the kids don't look at it anymore so and this is not including uh, and I'm, I also left out uh, the requirements of you know when your planning periods are taken up by all these scheduled meetings you really don't have time to photocopy or to work on your website or you really don't have time and you have to put stuff up in your on your room you've got to put um, like in my room, um, I had to have my agenda put up. Like, what are we going to cover today? What is the essential questions? What is this? What is that? What is the objective? And and they, you can't just say, you know, objective one.ch.h.b.3.a. Uh, you have to do that. Plus, you've got to write the entire objective on the board. And you know what? The students don't even look at it. They say, "What are we doing today?" Every single time, instead of just sitting there explaining, you just point to you point to your agenda, and they go, "Oh," and then fifteen minutes later, the next person come in, "What are we doing today?" And you just point to the agenda, and you keep going, and it's say it's supposedly supposed to save you time, you know. But then then somebody's a somebody is a smart aleck, and they turn around, and they go, "I can't read your handwriting. I don't. I can't read that." It's like, yeah. How much time do we have left? And you have an analog clock. They're like, "How much time do we have left to class?" You point at the clock. You point at the schedule, and they go, I can't read that. And you're like, really? You can't read analog clocks? Huh. Hmm. And why are you in honors camp? All right. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. I don't say that to them. I just think that. All right. So we have a week. We have a week and one day left. A week and one day. Well, lo and behold, there is one more thing we do once, uh, one hour a week. Actually, more than an hour in a week, but averages one hour a week, and that is faculty meetings. And nine times out of ten, those faculty meetings could have been sent and summarized in an email. 
but you've got to have the meeting because you have to justify your existence. You have to just you've got to you've got to physically give face time, and you have to have butts and seats once a week and covering stuff nine times out of ten. We already know, and we have to keep going over. They think. I don't want to go into uh, go into that too much, but they sit there and they they say you know they give you information it's like yes we know this this is the same thing you went over last time yes we got the email yes we've read this yes we understand oh great we get to do an activity ooh you know I'd much rather be grading papers right now a lot of times teachers will bring their bring their papers and grade during that time they hate it they can't stand it. Uh, the administrators can't stand uh, teachers coming in and maximizing their efficiency. They don't want that. They want them all participating, all pay attention, and it doesn't. And you know, and it doesn't work. Um, a lot of times, we don't get anything new. Now, occasionally, there's one piece of one piece of nugget, new information that we need to have. Yes, but it does not take an hour. Uh, does not take an hour to to go over that one five minute piece of information that nugget information because then we have to use, we have to apply that information and then we have to make sure we're studying and everything anyway the, the point I'm trying to make is it's an hour a week it's usually more than that and that's how many weeks yes 40 hours a week so that's another week of work that we don't get paid for so now we're down to one day of free time and that one day Black Friday that one day is Black Friday and guess what on Saturdays most graduations happen and if you're in high school now I don't know about elementary but if you're in high school you are required to spend that Saturday at graduation and at that point you have now we have now covered an equal amount of time 40 hours a week 52 sorry 51 sorry 52 no 50 50 weeks out of the year with the two weeks uh, of paid vacation that everybody gets. So we are down to 50 weeks. And we do that much work in only 40 weeks. So we only really get, so we do, we do, um, we do a lot more. And this is not counting required phone calling that you have to call the parent. That does not count uh, people who are not proficient with um, working on a website and you have to sit there and play around with it to finally get it working and get it uploaded. Um, I spent more time on the website than I did uh, at least one week. I spent more time trying to get my website up and running. You know how often I got visited to websites? The only time... Um, and it's just a waste of technology and a waste of money. But, you know, I'd get like eight people, eight students would look. And you know what those eight students were? Students that were absent. And that's not even including some of the other stuff that we have to do. There's something that we have to do, at least in, um, in South Carolina. It's called the uh, Student Learning Objective. It's called the SLO, S-L-O, which is kind of interesting. Um, and we have to basically pick a class. And you want to pick your best class because you don't want to pick your worst class. And you pick your best class and you have to do various statistical data. And you have to spend, and, and you do spend a quite a deal of time on it because you've got to write, 
you have to come up with your own schemata on how how you rate. Uh, you had to have your own uh, tier system. Um, you know how many people are on tier one versus tier two, tier three, tier four. You have to determine what that tiers are. And I'm not saying that's that difficult. It's just you have to put it on paper. And in addition to that, then you have to be you have to be um, observed. You have to be observed by you have to have like three observations uh, from administrators, and then you had to have two observations from peers, two peer observations. Which is usually somebody who's another chemistry teacher in my case comes in, and they say you're doing all everything fine, blah 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 blah. Um, you know, you know, we just want to get it over with because we're not really we don't really see anything bad at all. And then you have to go and do a peer review of uh, of another teacher as well, and you got to put it all in this huge document that's that's like 50 pages long. Eh, it wasn't that 50? Eh, well, yeah, I guess it could be depending on how much information you want to put in it and then you know what it's and then you you submit it and, and what it is is that they're just checking a box and that's frustrating this whole time teachers are freaking out about getting this box checked that they they forget about the education of the student they're worried about all that and that's that becomes issue. So that's that's an additional more time that a teacher has to put and has to make to be able to get that. You know why they do stuff like the slow and they do these crazy professional development and they do these crazy online uh, surveys and all of them? It's because they're trying to catch the one teacher, one teacher in the entire district who isn't doing their job. Who's basically walking in, throwing his feet, throwing their feet onto the desk, opening a newspaper, and handing out a worksheet, and then looking at the newspaper, and that's it. That's who they're trying to catch. That's who they're trying to catch. You know what? I have worked, like I said, I've worked in three states, held licenses in four, fixed, trying to get my license in Georgia now. So I'll have five. I would have maintained five licenses uh, in my life at one time, and I've worked in the public schools, two private schools, an alternative school, and every single time, ladies and gentlemen, do you know how many teachers I went and I saw, you know, when I, you know, I, that threw up their feet and gave a worksheet and looked at their, and looked at a newspaper or just played on their phone? Do you know how many teachers I, I saw in the hundreds, hundreds of teachers that I've worked with, colleagues I've worked with? You know how many I found? Zero. I have never found a teacher who would sit there and not do their job. Never. Now, when I was in high school, we had one teacher when I was in high school. Uh, but that's I wasn't a teacher then. I was a student. And there was one guy, there was a couple of coaches that did that, and they were teaching math. They gave a worksheet, and they threw up their, uh, they threw up their feet on the desk and read a newspaper. And they got reprimanded constantly for it. But they were one of the best coaches in the, in the state, so they, got, so they, they were able to slide. Not saying that that's a justifiable thing. That's why they didn't get in trouble is all I was saying. So, ladies and gentlemen, the myth of teaching uh, pay versus free time is non-congruous. Teachers don't get paid less because we don't really have that much free time. Yeah, we have it bolt together, leap, leap, uh, lumped together in one, um, you know, six-week, if you will, uh, time and then a two-week time at Christmas, but 
we make up for it for all the other work that we do that we don't get paid time and a half for. So what I'm trying to say here, ladies and gentlemen, is that um, teacher pay is still an issue. And I do believe that if they were to make it more competitive, you would have better teachers involved. I mean, heck, I would still uh, want to be a teacher, you know. Um, I don't want to be a teacher, but I am. But um, I don't I don't want to. I don't want to be. And, and then this, as promised, not necessarily promised, I uh, promised myself that I would propose a way to fix this because this is uh, education reform. And that is very simple. You know how the uh, the politicians and the presidential candidates and even those that are incumbent are screaming about certain things on the on 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 the left side of things. They say, uh, "Let's make everyone get free thirty thousand dollars." I think uh, the I don't know his name, uh, but that's the Chinese American uh, guy who's who was running for president at one time. I don't know if he still is, but. He said that everybody should get thirty thousand dollars. The government should just give everybody thirty thousand dollars. Well, that sucks because he did. He said everyone. He didn't say American citizens. He said everyone, and that's a, so. How many people are in America? We don't know. We really don't. We know how many citizens are registered since the last census, but we don't really know how many people that is. That's just a subjective number. But he thinks that everybody should get thirty thousand dollars. Like, oh, okay. We know that's not going to work. That's not going to fly. All right. We have some other people saying that, well, we should raise minimum wage to $15 an hour. Well, that's not going to work either because $15 an hour is about uh, $30,500 a year, about $30,000 a year. So you don't even have to graduate high school anymore, and you can go and flip burgers and make almost as a starting teacher. Oh, no one starts thinking about that. It's like a teacher, you know, starting out, teacher makes 30 something thousand a year. And they go to college, they spend their money to become a teacher, and they come out, and all they have to do, all they could have done was just stayed in, stayed at Burger King and or McDonald's and flip burgers. Huh. Interesting. All right, so some, uh, some other things. So here's my suggestion. You want to give money to a needy, required subgroup of people. Give it to the teachers. Increase teacher pay by thirty thousand. That's going to be it. that's one you can definitely get a number because there's no subject there's no subjective uh, quantity of teachers. You could literally look you know take an hour and tally out how many teachers there are in the in the United States. Give the teachers a thirty thousand dollar increase in pay. That is going to be that'll save you money. That'll help the teaching. That'll put teachers back into the position where they can actually uh, live the life they want to live because. Some people just don't, you know, when they get married, they don't, you know, you know, they might, if you have two teachers married, yeah, you, you can live, you can live pretty good. But what happens if you, you get married and one of your, and your spouse gets laid off and all you have is your teacher, uh, teacher pay. You can't, you can't, um, you can't make ends meet. I mean, you, you're just stuck in a, you know, uh, a Roach Motel apartment. And but you're making as much money as everybody, you know, you're making this this great amount of money. No, you're not. You're not. And so teacher pay is a very, very insightful and it is something that is is, is something that we're going to fight. That's the first that's the first reform we need to do. Um, 
if we had more, I'm going to tell you right now, if teacher had more money, then they could go and get those advanced degrees so that their teachers, so they can say, all our teachers here have master's degrees. They could afford to go there and do that. All our teachers are nationally board certified, so they have the money and the time and the equipment to do the national boards. You know, they just don't, they don't, they don't have that because they can't, they can't save, they can't, they don't have enough money. They don't. And, you know, granted, if you own, if you come from an old money home, family, then teaching is nothing. You know, teaching is just fun money for you. If your teacher pay is just fun money for your family, then, and when I say fun money, I mean, you know, that's the money you go on vacations with. That's the money that you go and buy your, you know, your recreational activities with. And the big money is the other spouses, you know, then you're in a good position. But that turns, that lay, that basically moves teaching to part-time job. That moves teaching to a non-professional level. But you're professional. Think about everything that you have to do to be a, be a teacher. Like, for example, I don't know how many tuberculosis tests that I had to take uh, when, I was move, when I was going between uh, North Carolina and South Carolina schools. Could, you know, you're supposed to do it every two years. It's like, I've never had tuberculosis. I never will have tuberculosis. Why do I need a tuberculosis? Well, it was because there was somewhere, some, somewhere there was a, there was a teacher who had tuberculosis and gave it to a kid. Somewhere. So now everybody has to do tuberculosis tests. They're annoying. They're, they, you know, they, they prick your skin on your, on your arm and, and it was hard. I mean, it's just itchy and it just, it just, it, it made no sense. And then, um, let's see what else you have to be, you have to have your finger printed by the FBI. So people have my fingerprints on file at the FBI because I was a teacher. Why? Because some teacher committed a murder or some teacher was doing some sort of, uh, inappropriate thing with a student. I mean, do they leave fingerprints on the, on the, like, why, why do you need fingerprints so that they can track you down? Why do you need to know, you know, but you know, you do it because you're like, I got to eat, you know, I got to do it. So you, you got fingerprints uh, to do. Uh, let's see what else you got to do. You have to go to school. Check this out. You go to school to get an education degree. You get an education degree. You have to take two tests, the practice one pedagogy and practice two subject matter. And then they expect, then if you're a place like Georgia, well, that's not good enough. We, um, um, if you're coming in as a new teacher, you're going to have to take the Georgia State pedagogy, and you're going to have to take the Georgia State um, uh, content test. So you got to take four tests now, and they're not free. They're not free. <laughs> you know, you're sitting there trying to get a job, and you're sitting here just throwing money after good money after bad. You went to college, you've got student loans, and yet it's still not enough. Then you have to maintain a portfolio, and you have to get so many letters of recommendation. It becomes a very very, very arduous process. And that is almost as bad as trying to get a job as a, as a law enforcement officer. Maybe not as stringent. It's interesting. Because they're worried about who's teaching, teaching our kids what. And that's a good question. And that's, an, that's, an, that's information on another day, on my part two reform. I will have another part two at another time. Thank you for listening. The uh, just keep remembering that the best way to battle teacher pay is to in uh, is to stay 
uh, on your politicians, and if they want to up somebody's pay, teachers is the way to go. Thank you for uh, for your time, and I will talk at y'all a little later. Have a good day.